0: Welcome to the season premiere of Problem Solve, the IISE podcast. We're back, everyone. It's season four. I'm David Brant, Digital Marketing and Communications Manager for the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers. And if you're still listening after that obnoxiously long title, we thank you. In this new season, we're devoting several episodes to IISE Societies and Divisions. We'll also have a continuing diversity of topics that include insight into the Lean Coffee experience and a chance connection between two ergonomists surrounding the end of the Vietnam War. But first, we had a chat with Amelia Mink, founder and CEO of Data Science Connect, about making data science accessible to all and a sneak preview of her keynote presentation at IISE's Lean Six Sigma and Data Science Conference in September. thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, David. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: To get our audience on the same page from the start, what is your definition of data science?
1: That is the million dollar question uh, in the industry and beyond. Um, Kind of from a high level perspective, data science to me is leveraging This massive amount of data that we're collecting on a daily basis now, I think um, the the amount of data that we have now versus even a year ago has multiplied um, uh, exponentially. And so I think uh, sort of uh, and and data. a question I get from <laughs> our, my parents and my in-laws and, and um, <laughs> the generations above us that we respect so much, um, even ask, what is data? Um, and that's a, and, and even people outside of the industry, what is data? Um, so it's, it's any type of information. It's not just, uh, not just numbers. It's, it's um, any type of information that we're collecting that can be leveraged, um, that we can gain some sort of knowledge from. Um, so that's sort of the, the high-level premise of of what data science is, um, technically speaking, right now, data science is sort of this uh, this Venn diagram of um, Tons of tons of information, tons of tons of data that we're collecting, um, and then it has a, a strong math component, um, which is statistics and linear algebra and graph theory. Um, but then there's a third component that really powers—it's the powerhouse to data science—and that is um, all this computing power um, that we have now. And um, there's a strong programming component, um, and we might talk about this kind of later. It's sort of a um, a shift we're seeing in the industry, but uh, previously programming was very manual. Um, but now we're seeing a lot of low code, no code platforms that are enabling um, data scientists to sort of take their hands off the off the keyboard from a coding perspective and apply it more from a, a problem solving, um, analytical perspective. Um, kind of more seeing the patterns, the relationships, the the behavior of data, um, and um, Just kind of flexing that that mathematical component, too, which is, um, like I said, it's statistics, it's um, linear algebra, it's inverse matrices, it's graph theory. So there's a lot of a lot of really core math components that lie within data science, too. And um, uh, the last part of this is just sort of what we're seeing in data science trend wise is that we're seeing. A lot of because data science is so expansive now, um, we're all sort of becoming data scientists, whether we like it or not. And so there are a lot of uh, specialties popping up within data science and a lot of sort of niche areas. So you'll see people kind of hanging out in different parts of that Venn diagram. Um, And then you'll see just industry folks um, who are um, (laughs) not chosen data scientists by nature, but who are using a lot of data um, and I'm kind of in that with uh, we're all uh, we're all data scientists now, so um, that makes the data science definition very important, and I'm sure it will kind of continue to evolve too.
0: We're certainly feeding the data. I think is really the uh, component in which us as individuals play a role in data science. Between our devices, you know, the things we view on the internet, um, the things we buy, all oh, I mean just data is everywhere now, and I certainly think that answer uh, covered the gamut. Yeah. <laughs> <You're awesome. laughs> I wanted to mention, too, that you're going to be one of our keynote speakers uh, scheduled for the Lean Six Sigma Data Science Conference, taking place September 19th through the 21st in Atlanta. Um, but we did want to take this opportunity to introduce you to our audience, uh, many of whom we hope to see at this event. Uh, so let's start with your academic background. You earned a bachelor's in business management and entrepreneurship from Georgia Tech and later earned a master's in data science from Northwestern. How were you introduced into this field? Because I imagine when you were deciding what your career path was going to be, I don't (laughs) imagine data scientists was the first thing that came to mind.
1: That's a great question. Um, I also quickly just want to say hello to the entire audience. And I look forward to seeing you on September 19th and 20th. To answer your question, my path to data science was a very circuitous one as most data scientists are. Um, I grew up, I was really good at math and science. And so I thought I'm going to be a doctor (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like most, like a lot of folks who are good at math and science. And so I, um, I went to Georgia tech undergrad and I was a biology major and, um, Years of biology taught me that I didn't really like biology or lab <laughs> or any of sort of the sterile clinical part of science. And so that was a really conflicting turn of events for me because I had spent my entire life telling everyone I met and uh, kind of all walks of my life were headed towards the the pre-med route and the medical school route. And so um, it took a, a lot of soul searching to sort of come to terms with the fact that I don't see myself in a sterile environment. I didn't, didn't see myself doing the medical route. However, I was not ready to give that up completely because I had spent years planning for it. And so I, um, right out of college, I shifted to a business major at Tech um, my senior year of college. Um, it was actually my fifth year at Georgia Tech, which is not very uncommon. But my fifth year at Georgia Tech, I did like 26 credits of business each each semester um, and, and graduated with a business degree, just short of a... a minors in biology, um, or a, like a co-major in biology. So graduated from tech with a business degree. I wasn't sure if I, I remember talking to like Porsche about marketing opportunities. I was like, like none of this felt really right at all. And I, um, uh, a mentor of mine who is a, she's a really well-known endocrinologist in and I was like, List. I remember I had, it was like, I had one week, I think out of school where I wasn't working or doing anything. And this should have been the time where I was like relaxing. And I had a TMJ, my entire jaw was like, I was like, should I start planning for grad school? Like, this is a mess. So anyways, she's, <laughs> she's a practitioner too. So I was like, I'm coming over. She was at a large medical practice within Northside hospital. And she said, how about we get your foot in the door? You can shout out the practitioners, you can shout out the CEO. And I was like, great i start on Monday. And so I got in there and very quickly realized that the sort of the clinical day to day operations were of no interest to in me whatsoever. And almost immediately, which was kind of hard to tell her, because I think her entire plan was we'll get her into, into med school. She's going to love medicine. Um, but I was I really gravitated towards the business side of healthcare, care. Um, and the CEO was very data driven. And she I have I have a lot to credit her for. But um She ran a lot of data driven um, analysis behind just about all the operations um, within the organization and pretty quickly wrote my job description and (laughs) was like, This is what I would do. Um, This is what it's called. And it was uh, when it was before data was really even like much of a thing, um, especially data science, but it was back in like 2010, 2011. Um, and so I did a lot of research. I, I figured out that it was sort of, my function was sort of driving the analytics and the, um, the data behind the performance of the organization. So I said, we'll call it a practice performance analyst, um, which is actually a well-known job title now, especially um, there's it's all throughout Northside Hospital, but it's actually throughout other industries too. And I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. I started getting my hands dirty and and realizing how much data we had um, and how much data was at our fingertips. And very quickly, got pretty frustrated by sort of my limitations in Excel. And um, just, I mean, we had massive amounts of data and claims data and EMR data and kind of the front end sort of practice management data. And um, around that time, I, I thought, I've got an idea. I'm going to make a, I'm going to create a, uh, a performance analytics dashboard. And so I think I might've looked on LinkedIn or something and found um, someone that I felt like was a good person to interview in the industry. And so I took him to lunch. Uh, he was a well-known kind of data person in, in the Atlanta circuit. And his name is Raj Bandio Padehi. And uh, I took him to lunch and I remember saying like, this is my, this is my grand plan. Like I'm going to, um, I might be a billionaire by now if I had done that, but um, here I am, <laughs> but um, I took him Elijah, I was like, this is this is what I'm thinking. Like I'm seeing these opportunities in the industry and in healthcare, that sort of thing. And he was like, well, I just started a meetup group called Data Science ATL. We actually have a meetup this week. You should attend. And I was like, okay. And so um, I, <laughs> I went to that meetup group and the rest is kind of history. I, I was Taken aback immediately. It sounds silly, but I get like goosebumps thinking about it. It's the most aha moment I've ever had, probably in my life. My entire life, I had spent just obsessed with patterns and the behavior of data and information and numbers and and the relationships there. They were all so nerdy, and it was just a. Um, it was it was also over my head too at the time, and I and I was just that was it was a wrap. Um, this was this is my place. Am my calling? Um, so, anyways, long story short, I, I ended up kind of co-founding data science at ATL um, with Raj, and I'll talk more about this later, but I ser- kind of serve as the, the foundation of um, my company now. And um, kind of in parallel with this, I uh, it was one of the only master's programs in the in the world at this time. Uh, it was actually a master's program in predictive analytics from Northwestern. Um, it it shifted to data science, but at the time it was predictive analytics because data science wasn't really a thing. Um that was that was kind of it. It was um I still joke <laughs> about um at the time for years, data science when I would say i'm going I've got a data science." Uh, a data scientist meetup group. Folks would say like, especially like my girlfriends would say um, a data scientist, like meetup group. Uh-huh. Like, it was some sort of function. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a data scientist, like a data scientist. Um, and that happened for years. And I knew data science had, had really gotten traction um, in the mainstream I guess around 2014 or 2015 when, when I stopped getting that question.
0: (laughs) So to recap all of that a little bit, um, basically (laughs) you, you couldn't take to a certain degree, the physical health, the physical science medical end of healthcare, but the data you found, a relationship to you. Like you said, you had sort of had a note for patterns. You know, you were able to, you know, sort of sift through lots of information. What did you take from that experience at Northside, which is a favorite entity of mine, simply for the fact that I was born there. Uh, What did you take from Northside uh, that uh, you've been able to apply in your work beyond that particular industry?
1: Well, beyond the most important part, which is that you were born there, um, yes, obviously, <laughs>
0: obviously, that's what Northside is known for. They have hats and mugs that say "David Brandt was born here."
1: That's why I went to work there. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so, actually, that's a great question. Everything um, in data and uh, sort of my relationship to the industry in general is so predicated by by my experience in healthcare and with healthcare data. So healthcare is so practitioner driven, as you can imagine, it's it's sort of a top down, um, the doctors are sort of steering the ship and there is so much data, but at the time, even a lot of the data was still stored in uh, paper records. Sure. Um, Our organization, um, the CEO is really a trailblazer and she shifted to electronic records really quickly. Um, But she was an early mover. The hospital itself was still uh, working with a lot of paper records in 2010, 2011. So that experience in healthcare kind of It's really kind of symbolic of some of the overarching challenges across industries with data. Um, And you'll see that with data science in general, it's not industry specific, it's very industry agnostic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of transfer across applications in industry. I would say just some of the key challenges and opportunities within healthcare I've seen just across all industries. Another part to that is just the immense as you can imagine, the immense opportunity and potential of healthcare data. So, my dad passed away when I was eight from cancer, and and I can't help but think I re- I remember like for years getting to know him. I would pour through his clinical records that were in the attic every year when we decorated the Christmas tree, and to think about all of this data now, this becomes one big computer problem that can be solved. Mm-hmm. Cancer, cancer, genomics. Um, even our our just our standard intake information with um, our blood levels, our, our glucose levels, our, all of these all these standard vitals can can become really critical data points in solving a much bigger problem. The other takeaway with healthcare and healthcare data is just the massive amount of potential that where data can really change the world and change our lives. and And healthcare is is one place where we can all really relate to it. That's our that's our lives and that's our our loved ones and um, our families.
0: Absolutely, uh, and I say that too as a cancer survivor myself, who was also treated at Northside. So oh, you know, wow. I, have, okay. I have a real first-hand experience in that. Yeah, wow.
1: congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thanks. So let's take a leap forward then to Data Science Connect. Uh, give me a taste of the origin story. I imagine this will be part of what you share at the conference, so I do not get too deep into it. But one of your missions is making data science accessible to all. What is driving that mission for you?
1: Um, the mission of that got me here to begin with. So it was, it was that baby meetup group that was in Atlanta that at the time was a a group of 20 or 30 kind of data science aficionados, um, that grew to 4,000, 5,000 folks back in like 2012. It was the fact that I could, I could really reach the industry and reach some of the biggest thought leaders in the industry, um, which was so, um, kind of noteworthy about the industry. It was very different from other industries in that like if you were curious about a certain type of data science or just data science in general, some of the most important people in the industry were the most accessible. And that was one of the most, I would say one of the most special things about the industry and something that's sort of driven um, Data Science Connect's mission in general about making data science accessible to all Data Science Connect sort of evolved from Data Science ATL. Um, now we're the largest data science organization in the Southern United States and one of the largest communities in the world. And it's um, it was harder to do this in person because, um, as you can imagine, or as you know, in-person conferences can be really expensive. But uh, the virtual landscape has been a really neat place to open up all of our content for free. Um, We even do, a, um, in the spirit of making data science accessible to all, we we do a K-12 data science conference um, where we educate thousands of um, K-12 folks. Um, That's sort of the premise behind the mission of making data science accessible to all is uh, lowering those barriers to entry um, for non-practitioners and for uh, folks who wouldn't otherwise know about data science.
0: Well, speaking of K through 12, your website highlights a focus on working with students in those grades, uh, providing them with presentations and hands-on workshops for any level of experience. Uh, It sounds like you're wanting to grow data science from within the public school curriculum. And if that's the case, tell us more about how your organization works with schools and kids to point the path for becoming a data scientist.
1: Absolutely. So I mentioned that as a, throughout my K-12 development, I, um, knew about nothing other than really going the pre-med route because I loved math and science. And I remember actually speaking to my uncle who's, who's really smart and helpful. Like when I was, um, freshly out of college. And I was like, this is what I like to do. Like, this is, this is what I'm good at. Um, And he was like, maybe you should check out being an actuary. And I remember looking it up and being like, oh, this sounds so boring. Like, No (laughs) offense, actuaries. Um, But he was on the right track. This was before data science was a thing. And actuaries are actually probably a classification of data scientists now, but K-12, unfortunately, is still very. Like, we found from our research where we do the first and only data science K-12 conference in the world. Um, we did our first one last year. This this past month was our second annual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the like what the stats are in terms of just revenue, um, but it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars in terms of um, data science as an industry, um, and it's projected to like multiply by 2025 to be like five times that. Yet, data science in K-12 is still is still pretty like untapped in, in K-12 curriculum, aside from probably just statistics and some math Mm -hmm. um, and probably some bar charts. Uh, And so the mission behind our K-12 data science program, which is easily the coolest thing we do is just educating the younger generations and the next generation of, of learners and um, our future in data science. And we split our curriculum, kind of our program into three different audience levels. So kindergarten through fourth grade, we try to uh, introduce them to sort of foundational um, uh, data science concepts. So like I mentioned earlier, patterns, relationships, um, data visualization, so sort of visually, uh, visually representing data and, and the behavior of it. Um, our fifth graders through eighth graders, um, we're doing more hands-on um, technical stuff like we had a, a Microsoft Minecraft there, and we taught them how to code uh, their own Minecraft game. Minecraft um, is
0: very popular for that age group. It really is. It I stands out, and, and I think even <laughs> serves to some as an introduction to coding and programming and even data science.
1: We actually had the director of data science of the Minecraft program um, speak at our at our, our conference last month for the K twelve folks. But oh, fascinating! Um, okay, yeah, it was awesome. Francisco rios he's he's amazing. So sort of the technical mechanics behind data science for the fifth through eighth graders. And then for the ninth through twelfth graders, we want to focus on more of how to get to a career in data science and what a day in the life of a data scientist would look like. That's sort of our our K-12 shtick. And and I actually had a speaker reach out to me after our uh, first annual conference. And he's a he's a well-known thought leader in the industry. But he said, that was really bold. Like, that was really risky what, what you did here. And I was like, what? Like, this is the most no-brainer thing we have ever done. Like, this, like um, data science started an industry, it bapped its way into grad school, and now it's an undergrad. Um, it has to be in K-12. They're, they're the future. So anyways, K-12 data science is a no-brainer, and it is the most uh, rewarding thing our organization does.
0: Data Science Connect also has multiple events throughout the year as well. Uh, Who is your target audience for these events? Who would be interested in attending most, whether they're working in data science or not? Uh, And what is, I'm sorry, what are the primary tracks or areas of focus in these events?
1: That's a great question. So our sort of our primary audience uh, within Data Science Connect is split almost right down the middle. We're kind of half data practitioners and half data leadership. And you'll see that reflected kind of in our programming content as well. We'll have um, data engineers and data scientists opening up their Jupyter notebooks and running code and sharing their GitHub profiles and and just really doing a technical deep dive into their space. Um, you'll also see the chief data officer of a Fortune 500 company speaking to their overall strategy in data science and, and uh, sort of the steam, the forest through the trees perspective. So that's sort of our, our audience is split just right down the middle in, in terms of leadership versus uh, practitioner. But we also we want to be accessible to everyone. So I would recommend it's completely free. I would recommend if you are touching data, which i imagine you are if um if you're working on a computer or even wearing a watch or uh, driving a car <laughs> um, I, would, I would highly recommend you take a look at our conferences um and our workshops all of it's free the path into data science is is a very fascinating one there are people who have gone to um to study religion and then end up in data science um it just it's it's such a new and sort of burgeoning industry it's it's a it's a great place to be in and a great place to to explore whether whether you think you might want a career there or whether you just kind of want to know what's what's going on because it's the future
0: Removing data science connect from the equation for a moment, if you met somebody who was interested in exploring the field of data science, what would your recommended introduction be? Like, where would you point them to to start? uh, Beyond your own organization, because obviously that's what you know that's what you do. But but if uh, if that wasn't a solution, how would you direct them to uh, finding a gateway into data science?
1: That's a great question. I would suggest that you kind of figure out what problem you're trying to solve is. We're all trying to solve a problem, even if like I, I saw a, a great post on LinkedIn the other day, which is they're far and few between now. And um, um, an Uber driver had been tracking all of her um, all of her routes and the time of her routes, the amount of money she was making and the location of the route and was figuring out where her optimal sort of approach was in terms of optimizing her route to get the, the highest return on investment. Um, so she was leveraging data as an Uber driver to enhance her business and to enhance her daily performance. That is even one place you can start. Um, another place you can start is, is if you're looking to kind of get your hands dirty with a larger sets of data, I would suggest going on Kaggle, K-A-G-G-L-E.com. Um, they have tons of competitions and even just a lot of use cases where you, there are uh, data sets, they are real data sets where you can start um, kind of working through the, your data problem um, and really getting, getting your hands dirty alongside a lot of other folks to play with large data sets and to do it in a kind of a low risk environment. Um, a, a third thing that I did even um, in one of my earlier classes in my master's program was download some RSS feeds um, from, uh, you can do it from Twitter, from from just websites in general, and you can scrape that text data and start finding, you can even put together some fun word clouds and see which which words are um, repeating more. You can start playing with some of some programs in Python or R, which are uh, two of the primary open source programming languages in data science. Um, and you can see kind of what the um, semantics are behind behind it, what the sort of the the sentiment is. Um, so if you were looking at Uh, tweets about President Trump at a certain time, you (laughs) would have probably seen like positive tweets here, negative tweets here and kind of partition them. So, so there's a lot of, I would suggest either taking a problem that you want to solve and just kind of getting your hands dirty there um, or or kind of taking a stab at Cavill with an existing data set um, would be a, a, a good suggestion. Or, um, like I said, kind of playing with some RSS feeds um, and looking at kind of playing with that text data, which is still very untapped and, and a kind of a, a part of data science that's still developing.
0: As we mentioned at the top, you're going to be a keynote speaker at the upcoming Lean Six Sigma Data Science Conference. Uh, we're eager to witness your presentation, but can you give our audience a little bit of a teaser?
1: Absolutely. So my background as a practitioner um, would have taken me to a more technical place. But as the founder and CEO of Data Science Connect, I've had the opportunity to sort of kind of see all of data science from a sort of the forest to the trees um, and see sort of trends take place over time. Um, Job titles come and go. Applications of data science blow up. Um, So what I'm going to talk about is sort of how what I've seen trend wise over the last 10 years in the industry of data science, um, kind of what some hot takes on what's sort of being phased out. And then a lot of, um, a lot of, I'm just seeing a lot of the same kind of, topics bubbling up and applications of data science that are getting really hot as well, um, like computer vision, um, graph AI, um, which is a graph technology, which is basically what Google's built off of, but it's people have been sleeping on it for years. Um, uh location data like you mentioned earlier. We're we're driving, we're we're we've got our watches on, we're collecting data everywhere. We're data producers, all of us. They call that human movement data or geolocation mm-hmm. data. So that's something else that's highly monetized now and is and a lot of startups are are getting a lot of funding around that. Um, and then we're also seeing um this is very controversial, but we're also seeing just programming as a profession um, is is just becoming a little less valuable. Um, whereas uh, several years ago, that was, that was a barrier to entry of practicing data science was step one, learn how to code. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a ton of low code, no code platforms now and inherent in data science is the ability to learn and to, and to automate and to leverage technology. And we're seeing that in, um, with coding as well. And with coding approaches, it's, it's, less manual now and there's less need for the manual touch. And so that's um, every, every developer who might listen to this podcast is <laughs> probably unsubscribed from our community, but um, people are going to need to evolve. And I, and that's kind of a hot take that I'm seeing that um, isn't really being talked about. So I, so I, I look forward to kind of sharing industry insights and um, sort of just some trends that I'm seeing that maybe other folks haven't really seen yet because they don't really have their finger on the pulse of this high level that I that I get to.
0: Gotcha. Well, we're certainly looking forward to hearing more of the details. But you'll also be there as an attendee. So from our lean and Six Sigma sectors, or even some of our other data science components that will be a part of the conference, uh, what are you hoping to gain by being an attendee of the Lean Six Sigma Data Science Conference?
1: So what I didn't mention at the very beginning when you were talking about my path through Georgia Tech is one of my biggest. going to say regrets, but. Um, if I could go back and do it again, I would have actually majored in industrial engineering. Um, under we like to hear that all the time. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm like so serious. I like um, and business was important in its own way. I, I have a business now, but um, industrial engineering is foundational to data science and it's it's um, probably, uh, probably was a facet of data science before data science was cool. And was before data science was a thing, um, everything is data driven. Everything is process driven, um, systems, that sort of thing. So I, I look forward to seeing how the two worlds kind of collide, mm-hmm. um, and how much overlap there is there. Um, I imagine there's going to be a ton data science is still just, it's in its nascent stages. I imagine there's going to be a ton of overlap, and I'm sure that's sort of what spawned this conference in general. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing sort of the industrial engineering uh, component and role um, and how how heavily um, woven in is into, into data science and vice versa.
0: Excellent. Well, we certainly look forward to seeing you there. Uh, again, everybody, the Lean Six Sigma and Data Science Conference is going to happen September 19th through the 21st in Atlanta. Amelia Mink, CEO and founder of Data Science Connect, will be one of our keynote speakers. Uh, so we certainly hope to see you guys there. You can learn more about the conference at www.iise.org slash Lean Six data. That's six, the numeral. And uh, you can also find out more information about IIC in general at iise.org. Amelia, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, David. I'll see you guys all in September. Come say hi.
0: You've been listening to Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, a production of the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers in Norcross, Georgia. We hope you'll share this and other Problem Solved episodes with your friends and colleagues. Learn more about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, as well as how you can become a member of IISE by visiting podcast.iise.org.